0: Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there.
1: Parenting is theater. We're showing, not telling our children how to do relationship. And they're watching. Uh, They're watching to see how we share Uh, amongst our partners, how we take care of each other, how we uh, respect each other, how we fall on our own swords and make amends, even though that's hard to do, how we fix things and repair. So all of these things are important, and it starts now.
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 349. Today, we're talking about your Coupledom, how to keep your union together after kids with Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppe. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my god, this is such an important episode. But listen, before we dive in, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And if you have gotten some value from the Mindful Mama podcast, ever ever ever, please do me a favor and go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us the rating and review. It helps the podcast grow more. It takes like 10 seconds, and it's just so truly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppy. Kara is a psychologist, teacher, feminist, and mother. She's spent more than a decade working with individuals and couples towards healing, growing, and becoming grounded. And Stan Tatkin is a clinician, teacher, and developer of the psychobiological approach to couple therapy. He has worked with couples and individuals in a clinical practice for more than 35 years, and they team together because they have written an amazing book that I love called Baby Bomb. And listen, this is not just for you if you just have a baby. It is for all couples who have children. We talk about this idea about how to have our relationships thrive even in parenthood because it's like we're often overwhelmed where we might be sleep deprived there's so many demands on our time and how do we and you know our partners co-parent as a solid and supportive team while also like having a secure relationship with each other this is so so vitally important it's really really incredible I loved talking to Kara and Stan, and I learned so much. I know you are too. So join me at the table as I talk to Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppy. I love the title of your book, Baby Bob, which I think is so appropriate. Most of the listeners are parents. But maybe you could just describe for us what is the reality for most people. You know, after we have a baby and, and suddenly we've got kids in the picture. What's what's the reality of what's happening? Uh,
2: well, I mean, as you know, as a parent hunter, like everyone says, when you're expecting, that everything's about to change. But you know that you're like, yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> and and obviously everything changes. I mean, your relationship to your partner changes, your relationship to yourself changes and your whole life is turned inside out Um, a lot more responsibilities. I mean, there's the learning curve of figuring out how to be a parent, Um, trying to keep this baby alive and figure out what they want and need when, when, I mean, really nobody's ever done this before. I mean, when you become a parent, it's like a first time thing and the stakes feel high. Because it's mm-hmm. such a like a vulnerable, precious baby that can't even hold up their own head, and so everything changes. And um, and I found in my own experience, and then in my clinical work, and then talking with Stan about it as well as um, there is a need to support partners and how they can manage or mitigate the changes. And really tend to their partnership, so that they're partners throughout the journey of the change, and still getting along, liking each other, um, as they grow as parents.
0: Your book says that the research shows us that you and your partner need to make your relationship a priority. And for most people, a lot of people think, "Well, no, the baby is the priority." Like. Forget about you now. I'm focused on the baby. Why Why is that? What's going on?
1: Well, uh, you know, it, 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 everything has to be uh, organized, structured, according to hierarchy, in terms of how two people are going to be a couple to begin okay. with, and if they decide to have a family, how they're going to manage the family. Are they a couple or are they going to dissolve the couple? and now be parents only. Uh, The term mother or father is really for kids, it's not for the couple. So, you know, uh, we do know that couples that uh, up into old age that are successful continue to be romantic, continue to be, Uh, lovers, lovers in the sense that they love each other, that they're attentive to each other, that they're still affectionate with each other. And they also put the relationship first. Now, what that means is that in terms of decision-making and governance, there has to be something at the top. We might think of it as the roof of the house. They're the roof of the house. They're the, the people that are in charge of everyone and everything. So if the couple system is not in good shape, then it just goes to follow that the kids are not going to be in the best shape either. So everyone is depending on the couple, the outside extended family, neighbors, friends, work people, and in particular, children. So uh, we want to make sure that the couple knows that this is a couple project to raise children. It's not a singular project that they're not supposed to then go into their own silos and parent separately. They've got to work together as they work with everything. And so we wanna prepare couples for the emergence of a third person here that they're gonna have to integrate into the family and maintain the coupledom, the union, the alliance that they created hopefully uh, to begin with.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a a lot of sense, but obviously, but, you know, I think the reality of this, what happens, I see a lot in the people who come to Mindful Parenting and all, you know, is that one, oftentimes one parent is, has chosen to sort of stay at home with the kids. We Mm -hmm. get, get kind of channeled into these sort of traditional roles without even, even just talking about it, where, the, you know, for instance, the, the mom is, or so oftentimes it's a dad, I know I got a few uh, stay-at-home dad listeners and, you know, is, is home with the kids, the partner who is home with the kids is like doing all of the things, parenting becomes like sort of the Uber parent. And then the, you know, it, it really becomes sort of this lopsided, very lopsided affair. And that mm-hmm. has a whole bunch of problems, I imagine. I mean, in my own relationship with my husband, I was like, we were very adamant about being sort of like having these conversations about fairness and partnership, and and him being an equal parent w- with me. Yeah. Um, but I th- I don't think that's the norm, right? Like it, no. it's it's more often lopsided, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, culturally,
2: like you said, Hunter, I mean, it's so easy for hetero couples to like fall into those gender roles. I mean, they're everywhere. They're on television, advertising's geared towards moms, you know, all like, I mean, we have on, you know, support set up for moms in terms of like Facebook groups. You have a question, you can ask a bunch of moms, like that support doesn't exist in the same way for dads. So it's so easy for it to happen. And then you also have like the biology of it. You know, if you have a birthing person that is like identifies as female, that has like a whole other bunch of implications where they become the primary of giving birth, nursing. I feel it right now as a pregnant person in a hetero relationship, where I've noticed. They, I mean, obviously, I am carrying a higher burden. I am carrying our child right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> like, literally. Like, and there's there's no way around that. And I think about that too. And I guess, like, the part that I think we talk about in Baby Bomb, because we bring up the culture in each chapter and the biology pieces of it, is are the partners coming together and dealing with this as like an outside problem or are they attacking each other about it? Like my husband and I, like in this pregnancy we have, I've just said, like, it's not fair. I have morning sickness. I'm tired. Like, you know, I'm carrying a higher load than you and, and it's not fair. I mean, I love being pregnant, but that first trimester is so brutal, you know, it really is. And, and I'm not coming at him. Like I'm mad at him. I'm coming at him. Like we need to collaborate and figure something out to like, to navigate the lack of fairness in this, like, you know, let's not make him the problem or me, the problem, but let's make the problem, the problem and come at it as two people dealing with it.
3: So Mm. I guess
2: it's like a shift of like consciousness of like making the the problem the outsider, the like the lack of fairness and the patriarchy and all of the cultural parts. Mm-hmm. And then having two people be on the same page of we want to do this differently. How can we do that differently, knowing that the 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 cards are stacked against us, I guess culturally and biologically.
0: We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math mysteries about true histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend you check it out to listen to. Understood explains. Just search for "understood explains" in your podcast app. That's it. Understood explains.
1: And, and may I dovetail on that? What you just said, mm-hmm. because this also happens in non-hetero couples as well. On um, the imbalance, the lack of fairness, the lack of collaboration or teamwork, and it sounds like what you did, Hunter, is you did the right thing. You. You talked about it beforehand. Uh, you you know, uh, if partners would only do this, that is, if they do see each other as, as an equal union, uh, mutual stakeholders, that they think about what they're about to do. And they also, uh, you know, uh, ex- expect the best but plan for the worst. Uh, What could possibly go wrong? And if then, um, are we prepared for this? What if this happens? What if this happens? Are you going to be there? Um, Are you going to be supporting me? Um, Will I be supporting you? Uh, All of these conversations are important to have before jumping into something as big as having a baby or getting married for that matter. Uh, And so that is what we're advocating here is something called secure functioning. A relationship of equal power and authority that's based on justice, fairness, and sensitivity, but also that has to remain fully collaborative and cooperative at all times.
0: Some of this is based on sort of attachment, right? You're talking about attachment. And for a lot of the listeners, like attachment is just simply a thing between parent and child come solely right like that this is the way we think about attachment is like is my child securely attached right but there's a lot of different sort of sides to this attachment story that you bring up in baby bomb
1: right Right. just just to correct that attachment starts being measured in the infant caregiver relationship but it is uh it 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 carries throughout the lifespan Mm
3: -hmm. not
1: as a static force Mm -hmm. It's one that can be changed with every relationship, but to be sure that we're also talking about attachment systems in the adult pair bonding system as well. The adults, the parents, go ahead.
2: Right? Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you said that because it it is. It does start at the beginning, you know, um, with the caregiver and the and the infant, and then throughout childhood. But it can be changed. And that's why we made the attachment continuum in baby bomb to show that secure, you can be securely attached, but then stress can take you into a place of insecure attachment and there you move around it. But I also want to like say that attachment is, it's not about personality. It's about a sense of safety and security that we feel as people in the world in, in our relationships. So that's like, Mm in friendships it's in obviously in partnership it comes up huge in partnership and then in the uh, parent-child relationships um and it and it's like we as human beings we're wired to want to feel safe and we need that we need that and so if we don't feel safe we try to figure out ways to feel safe and and sometimes if you're not feeling safe in a relationship like like if Stan and I were close, we're friends, I'm not feeling safe with him. I'm going to do whatever I can to have that feeling of safety and that might be lashing out at him, making him a villain, it might be pulling away and retreating in some kind of like self-soothing behavior. That's what I'm going to do because I need to feel safe. And that's like what partners do with each other when they're not providing each other and they're not providing themselves with that sense of safety and security. That's where we get into trouble. Mm -hmm. We want to feel it. We want to feel grounded. We want to feel safe. And sometimes our methods of feeling safe are very self-destructive, you know, based on our attachment strategies.
0: Yeah, yeah, or culture. So, I mean, it's so interesting because you guys place it very, you know, there's a, a there's a clear foundation here, right? Like you have to feel safe, right? Like that's like yeah. the biological drive of like the nervous system. That's like the only system fully developed, right? At birth is like that. I need to feel safe system. Right. And yeah. then, and then at the basis of the the whole parent, you know, family relationship is the couple. And that mm-hmm. couple needs to be, have this feeling of safety within them for everything else to kind of flow from there.
2: Right. That's why we say in the first guiding principle, the couple has to come first. Like partners have to make each other feel safe and offer that sense of safety to each other for everyone in the family to win. Because otherwise, like their partners, if they don't feel safe are doing their own things to feel safe, but then also children sense that. They sense that like mom or dad doesn't feel safe or isn't getting their needs met. And their survival is dependent on that, on their parents. So kids will fill in the gaps. And Hmm. that's why we want to help people learn another way of doing this by offering each other the sense of safety and love and belonging. So then kids can just be kids. They're like, they got it. They're good. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is I'm going to do. And that's that's ultimately um, what what we really want to help people with.
0: Okay, so let's imagine like a a couple has a kid, right? And they 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 have a a three year old. Maybe they got another one on the way. I don't know. <laughs> Probably I didn't mean to describe your situation. If that's what it is, care. <laughs> but anyway, like so. Let's imagine that. But let's imagine a couple that maybe hasn't she's been. blonde and uh, she's blonde, she's wearing overalls. Uh, and, uh, and there, and so there's, there's, there may be feelings of like resentment or unfairness and stuff like that that are coming up and there are, you know the maybe you know a listener is in a situation like that and saying well how do i get back to i mean we've already been in this pattern for a while we've had a baby mm-hmm. bomb we got another baby bomb coming like it, it's a minefield of babies around here and <laughs> we got how do we get back to this place of a, a secure functioning team like for a lot of people it might feel like a really far off kind of idea
1: if this was a natural thing, everybody would be doing it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and,
1: and, and it is actually a natural thing if we think of, of how all unions are formed in a free society. Unions, unless it's a dictatorship or slavery, unions are based on shared principles, shared purpose, shared vision. Otherwise, there's no reason to do it right? It's a deal or no Mm -hmm. deal kind of thing. So let's agree, let's, let's agree to, uh, to do this and let's agree not to do that, Mm. uh, we say. And that is, that is the basis of all unions throughout human history. The only union that is, uh, is oddly characteristically uh, not doing this uh, is the Romantic Union. The Romantic Union is the only one where people go in with some kind of tacit understanding or idea, usually it's their separate ideas, of what the relationship means and what the purpose of the relationship is. People will generally say it's about love, it's about attraction, it's about spending, having spent time together or it's because of the kids, when it really should be uh, purpose-centered based on real things that people will do for each other and never do to each other. Um, that they that they will work collaboratively and cooperatively and that they will both get what they want and they will both avoid what they don't want. right? That's how it should be. So mm-hmm. whether you start before you have a baby, whether you start after you have a baby, whether you start when your kids are already grown and uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, secure functioning relationships are the only kind that will last, a very very long time as long as people wish um and and will be happy any other system will end in rancor threat unhappiness resentment lots of memory of what happened uh, that was never repaired and so so this is why we're, we we say that this is really the important thing that couples do at any point uh to to uh to shore up their relationship and to ensure that the relationship is awesome not just serviceable right it's got to be great mm-hmm. uh and and uh and so we have to remember that parenting is theater we're showing not telling our children how to do relationship and they're watching uh they're watching to see how we share uh, amongst our partners, how we take care of each other, how we uh, respect each other, how we fall on our own swords and make amends, even though that's hard to do, how yeah. we fix things and repair. So all of these things are important, and it starts now. Um, uh, and so th- it's never too late to start to build this in to the relationship. Otherwise, you know, uh, we'd all be in trouble. Um, and but we can learn to do this.
2: Yeah. And then I I think like to the example, like that you were saying Hunter, like, and kind of just like building on what you just said, Stan, it's like, if that's happening in your relationship, it's great that you're aware of it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've noticed like patterns of resentment building over the years. And I would say, I mean, obviously the first step, like outside of awareness is like talking with your partner about in a very inclusive way, let's do something different. I don't think this is working for either one of us. So again, you're making like the problem outside of the couple.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: like, then you're bringing in your partner to let's solve this. Mm-hmm. This is not good. You know, we're not connecting.
0: Mm-hmm. We
2: love each other. We like each other, you know, and we're doing things to each other and, you know, outside of each other, that's not fostering that to grow. And, and, and that doesn't matter. That happens to couples. I mean, Stan and I see it in our practices all the time. It's like, that's life. People change, you know, people don't make plans, you know, to have babies, babies explode their lives, you know, all sorts, you you know, all sorts of things, life happens. And that can, that has an impact on couples and they can fall into like destructive patterns with each other. I think that, that I just, I know like as a, as a partner myself, you can get out of destructive patterns. And I know as a clinician, you can get out of destructive patterns and it takes that awareness and communicating and like coming in together for both people to attack it together not attack each other. It's you, you're doing this. It's you, you're doing that. That's not going to work. You know, I, it just isn't because it's just going to be a fight. They're off to the races and we all know how to fight with our partners better than we know how to fight with anybody else. You know, I mean, that's just like long-term partnership, you know, and what Stan and I are saying and baby bomb and Stan says in his other work is there's other ways to do this.
3: I'm willing to bet you'll be feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
4: Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.
0: You know, I love what you're saying. Like that, it really comes down to this awareness, right? A awareness, like you know, your emotions are tell- giving you messages that are important, right? And like, what are what are they telling you? What are what are these messengers telling you? And and, and you know, something's wrong and Mm -hmm. this communication, awareness and communication, which is just what, you know, I teach in mindful parenting. And we talk about, you know, in this podcast all the time, which is this idea of, and you're saying like, instead of this, you know, this habitual, natural, blameful language, you, 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 and we just kind of fall into those patterns of like, blame, this is, this is all because of that person, you, and if you would change everything would be better. Right. But, and then instead of saying, um, instead you're kind of pointing to this idea of like a little taking as a couple, taking responsibility for whatever has arisen between you and saying, this isn't working like this is, we are having problems. I love this idea of kind of externalizing it like between you. And it's a, it's so similar with what we teach with the kids like well you know be let's be on the same team let's look at things in this external way how can we both win and one, yeah. thing,
1: one thing you can tell them is you know work work the problem not each other yeah,
2: work yeah. The problem
1: not each other uh and I mean, if people it, would just do that they would actually get something done
2: right and it's such a i mean it's such a wonderful fantasy to be like if you just change everything <laughs>
4: That's what it is. It's
2: like a fantasy, you know, because yeah. it, it, you know, it doesn't work that way. You both have to change, and the way that you solve problems together has to change. You
0: know, it's not. Really, and I think it's like our locus of thought. control is ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Our locus of control is ourselves. So it's like you know, that is a fantasy of like, oh, if that it's it's like our lazy fantasy. <laughs> Everything around perfect. me would just be perfect. Then I will be all right. Thank you. You know, but okay. So it sounds like maybe, you know, if you could say to people like, okay, I want the secure functioning team. I want this. Step one is to say like, listen, we've got something's going on. We got to talk about this. I mean, would you also recommend like there's some, maybe some repair that needs to be Happening? What if somebody feels really wronged and they feel like the other person needs to be doing some repair?
1: Uh, They both need to make amends. Growing up is knowing how to fall on your sword and putting the relationship ahead of being right. So, uh, so uh, we're talking about a relationship-centered orientation, a two-person psychological system of teamwork Mm -hmm. that we uh, put something higher than ourselves, and that Mm -hmm. is the union. Uh, the relationship that we created in our heads. It's a mythology, something we created, but we created it hopefully. And Mm -hmm. we abide by the principles that we set, how we're going to govern each other and everyone else. And this is made by two people, not one person. So we have a problem. We go back to the drawing board and let's say it's a problem of, uh, of sharing our feelings. Well, Let's start at the top. Should we, in this relationship, do we want a relationship where we can or allowed to share our feelings? And then both of us say, yes. Okay, that's the starting point. We agree. We both want that. Now it's a matter of how do we do that? What are the conditions? What could go wrong? Uh, What's the manner in which we're going to do this? That's respectful. And that doesn't hurt the other partner. That's a discussion anybody can have. And that can be worked out ahead of time. And as long as people buy into the ideas that are being put forth in the back and forth, it's governable, it's enforceable, because we're actually getting agreement on something and giving each other permission to enforce that agreement. But people would have to look dispassionately at the problem and unionize and think about how is this good for both of us? Most people look at what where they disagree and what they uh, don't like, and they uh, fail to move up a few levels and to start to find where they actually do agree. Most people agree on the big ticket items. Yeah. Uh, and, then they, and then get into the facts that we're different people. The way I like to feel loved is different than the way you like to feel loved. No problem. We both want to feel loved. No problem. We can do that. And so this is really about understanding that where you go, Hunter, I go, we're tied together. There's nothing I can do that won't affect you immediately and won't affect me in return immediately. That's systems, Those are that's a system that's reacting to itself. And if people start to understand this and people do on teams, people do in the military or in cop car partners, they understand that their lives depend on each other and they have to move in coordination or they're not going to make it. Um, there's only two people in a couple, two people holding up the union. The question is, are they both standing for the union or are they simply standing for themselves? And in that case, unions will always fail.
0: It's in, it's incredible because it's really, you're bringing it back to this idea of interconnection, right, yes. mm-hmm. of interbeing.
1: Interdependency. And it,
0: Interdependency, yes. Like we're, we're we're so trained to be independent, right? We're just mm-hmm. ourselves. We're so like individualist, at least in the United States, right? There's some studies about, you know, country cultures. And the, the United States is the most individualist <laughs> culture of any culture on earth, right? Like so individualist, and we think that's amazing, but there's drawbacks, especially when it comes to this situation.
1: Yes. Like working collaborative and cooperatively with people to get things done. We're not so good at that. Take a look. Yeah.
0: No kidding. No kidding. But I love this idea of agreements. Like, okay. Like we can agree that we both want to be able to express our feelings. What are some other agreements that we should be making as couples? What are some healthy agreements that healthy, secure couples make with each other?
1: Well, let's take parenting for one. Um, do we uh, do we both want our children to be healthy and happy? Yes. Do we both want our children to be good citizens? Yes. Do we both want our children to stand up on their own two feet and be able to handle life's vicissitudes? Yes. Do we want our, our children to be good neighbors, good citizens? Yes. Okay, We could go all the way down the line and you and I will probably agree. Now, the question is, how do we achieve this vision now we we have a shared vision which mm-hmm. is really important that mm-hmm. we have a shared vision we're not mm-hmm. pointing in different direction i'm not saying no i'd like my kid to be a sociopath um right that would be a problem uh not because i want them to be a sociopath but because it's in direct opposition with what your vision is so our vision is aligned good now you and i are completely different we're going to parent differently we're going to get to that vision differently and that is a constant um, improv and a constant collaboration with each of us cooperating because neither of us are experts on this. This Mm -hmm. is a moving target, a baby, Mm -hmm. a child, developmentally the brain is is, uh, moving at a rapid pace. And so we have to be on our toes and we can try things and get ready to drop them and try something else. So the fact that parents are different have different backgrounds is is actually a feature, not a bug. We know that children benefit from more than one caregiver yeah. uh, Their brains develop uh, more heartily there are many more uh, n- uh, 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 neural pathways both vertically and horizontally when this is done. So that's a good thing. Now we're back to do the parents are the parents able to work together as a team? Mm-hmm. So this is grown-up stuff. That means that people have to learn to uh, to come up with the best idea for now based on their arguments of how to approach this problem. And then they try it out and then they go back to the drawing board. That I think is fun. That I think is what parenting should be. And by the way, dealing with all problems that come past, the uh, you know, come to, uh, toward the, the couple, we work on problems and we solve them for now, put them into action, and then we go back and rework them.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I let, uh, one thing that's coming to mind as I think about this, which is um, what, so you may agree like, okay, we want our kids to be happy and healthy and functioning. We don't want them to be sociopaths. We're good on that. But then I get the question constantly of the, there's one parent who wants to parent with collaborative kind of modeling, like a, say a parent joins mindful parenting and they, they decide like, I want to work on not yelling at my kids. I want to like, maybe not be using, I don't want to be spanking them or or scaring them. And I want to be maybe not using timeouts and things like that. Right. And they may have a partner who also wants their kids not to be so and it thinks that the way to do that may be to, to be threatening and yelling and, and spanking and things like that. So where does a couple like that start? Cause I get this question all the time and I don't, uh, I'm. I'm not an expert in how to answer that question. It's a little, uh, so I turn it over to you, please help.
1: <laughs> Mary, do you want to answer this one?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I see similar things in my practice too with couples that have very different ideas about discipline mm-hmm. and how, like to, how to make the, even if they have a shared vision, big picture, macro, how to do that in the micro. And I find that it it comes back to communication and collaboration. Like, I'm curious, like, why do you think, um, both, I mean, I'm, I tend towards respectful, gentle parenting myself. So that's an easy, like, of course, you know, we don't do timeouts and stuff in our home. Um, but, but, but I'm curious about the other person. Like, why do you think that spanking is beneficial? You know, like what, you know, tell me more about it. I'm not going to immediately like disregard it Mm -hmm. because that's my teammate Yes, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: saying, I think spanking would be beneficial. I personally don't believe that, but that's not what's like important right now. (laughs) What's important is like that this person, my partner, um, and again, my partner doesn't believe in spanking either, but let's say he did. You know, I could feel myself having feelings of like, that's threatening, that's scary. Yeah,
0: the whole mama bear totally thing would come out, right?
2: Right. I can have those feelings and still have a conversation with my partner.
0: So kind of, Um, you're talking about like, kind of come, this is, I'm so happy you said that because that's, this is the advice I offer. Get curious about where your partner is coming from, right? Your attitude of kindness and curiosity from mindfulness. Like why, why do they feel that way? But, but what you're, what you're suggesting is like, say, okay, it's okay for me to have these feelings. This feeling of being threatened by this, but right now I have to step into this role of, you know, of this place of I'm in this partnership. I'm on the same team. I have to understand.
1: It's the game, it's the game of influence me, persuade me. Yeah, tell
0: me what's
2: good about. We're gonna
1: we're gonna gonna, uh, push, yeah.
2: You know, like what do you think? And I mean, chances are you can talk these things out. I do this with couples on the daily, you know, as long as you come in like Open hearted, like I accept you. I accept Mm -hmm. this point of view, even though I don't agree with this point of view, but I accept you as a human being. So tell me, where are you coming from? You know, and then it's like a conversation, it's like a collaboration together. It's not just like, that's terrible. Don't ever say that to me again. Like, I can't even hear that. I mean, that's really like shutting down not just that conversation, but an opportunity to change, an opportunity for couples to have more authenticity with each other, more intimacy with each other, to have a safe place where I can say these like crazy ideas and like still be accepted. I mean, that's what like I, as a clinician want to help couples have, you know, of like being, having a place where they're accepted as they are, even though they might have these things that,
0: yeah, like I said, I don't agree with,
2: but. And this
0: idea of like listening and in an open-minded, open-hearted way is opening up. It's like taking down those defenses, right? You're like opening your, Mm -hmm. there's opening a vulnerability and you have the one locus of control, which is you. So like you, you can open up your vulnerability, right. Or your curiosity and maybe also hope that that helps your partner open up theirs
1: right but also remember this remember the the the, the situation here is we're telling we're dealing with two generals right mm. these are two people with equal mm. power and authority they're yeah. both they're both the buck stops with both of them so they're they're trying to come up with the best plan for now that they can therefore there is no one boss here and if generals don't get along soldiers die that includes children and so they they have a duty to uh, to work the problem and to come up with the best solution. Therefore, they have to remain influenceable. Otherwise, one person now is taking over control and that won't work. It won't work, there's blowback with that. So it's not just managing yourself, it's coming to the agreement ahead of time. We do this together or we don't do anything. We move together. Or we don't move. There's no blaming and saying, well, I did this because you wanted it and now it's all your fault. No, we don't move until we get each other on board. And if we know we have to do that, we'll do it faster and faster.
0: It sounds like a lot of conversations that parents may have trouble having time to. Ahead
1: do. of time. <laughs> all this is done ahead of time, not when you're in the thick of it.
2: Well, I will say I did both. i'll just be honest um and i'm doing both right now being pregnant again we're having the conversations like you know like um things that we would like to change in like the early stages of parenthood based on like learning through like the first experience and i know hunter i know that parents are like short on time especially in like the pandemic and with childcare being hit or miss and our own bandwidth being hit or miss. Um, and But I also, I also know that it's possible to have these conversations and they don't have to be, in fact, they shouldn't be multi-hour things. They should be like short, in fact, you can have them in front, uh, like when your kid is around, as long as you're both like regulated, you're taking care of each other as you're having the conversation. Like I said, like, you know, um, I want to hear where you're coming from. Mm. I want to tell you where I'm coming from. I want to reach an agreement like together. Like mm-hmm. Stan said, that'll work for right now for maybe even like, let's just be real in the pandemic, maybe for today. Today, we're not going to do timeouts, Okay. <laughs> like, in like, you know, or like just for right now and like, see how that goes. And what we, I want to like help, like in my own partnership and then like with the couples that I work with is introduce like that fluidity, like the improv Stan was talking about the yes and like the we can figure this out on the fly and trust each other enough to keep it moving what we want to help couples um, move away from is that brittleness they can get into the rigidity no 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 then you've got conversations that no parent does have time for because they're not working they're going on for days hours weeks and there and there is a lack of collaboration and usually that's coming from like um you know stuck to go, go back to attachment theory stuck in their attachment strategies
1: yeah, right uh, like, and, they're, and, and they're i'm their just thinking memories
2: exactly i'm just thinking about myself i don't feel safe your behavior is scaring me i need to feel safe and that isn't collaborative and a lot of times that's unconscious people don't realize they're doing it
0: you know um, and that's something people could say, like, listen, I'm not feeling safe in this moment. Like that's something you could say and and it's it's sometimes it sounds funny, like if that's not your normal modus operandi for communicating, but you know, here you have permission to say, i I don't feel safe in this relationship right now. This is how I'm feeling and
1: and. In a secure functioning relationship, that other partner has a responsibility to take care of that immediately now. Yeah. Without argument, without question, without excuse, I care. If you don't feel safe in this relationship, that's a problem for me as well. I'm going to take care of that because we are we are in fact uh, uh, assuring each other. I am responsible for your safety and security at all times in this relationship. You are. Uh, responsible for mine. Therefore, I hear that and I'm going to take care of it right now. That now has people, to happen.
0: Would people say that's codependence? I know no, it's uh, that that's. That,
1: yeah it's interdependence because if <laughs> if we're tied together interdependently, not codependently codependently is a one-way deal. I'm giving I I'm living on crumbs giving you everything hoping I'll get something in return. No this is mm-hmm. a fully mm-hmm. equal thing. We're mutual stakeholders pal. I've got to do this you got to do this uh, so do it we both agreed. So this is uh this is equal partnership if you are are unhappy i will pay for it i know this there's no way that you can be unhappy or insecure or unsafe without me paying for it it's in my best interest to shore that up that's interdependency
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I think this is such a this is such a, such a healthy way of looking at it but also very clear and logical i love the way you're presenting this as it's so very clear and logical and i think it you're and hard to do and hard to do. Yeah, so what yeah. are some what are some places like what's maybe an easy place to start to start uh these some of these conversations? Like what are some ways to to get started with it?
1: To first to first settle the matter, um are we on the same page with regard to the relationship being the central mm-hmm. thing? The couple comes first. Our our well-being, happiness uh uh comes before everything and everyone else. For, for reasons I just explained, because everyone's depending on us. Therefore, everybody, everything else, secondary. Because if we go down, everyone goes down. Second, do we, do we tell each other everything? Does the right and left hand know exactly what they're doing? Um, if not, why not? Because the greatest commodity in a union, an alliance, is information. So if we're not sharing and fully open with each other, then we're not able to do business well. And other people are going to suffer for it. Um, are we? Do we have each other's backs at all times, no matter what? We could give each other notes in the background, but in front of people, with each other, we are each other's guardians, we uh, are each other's backers, we are absolutely protectors of each other, because the world will never do that, only we will by agreement. Um, um, do we deal with third things, third people? together or we do, we do it separately. I just take care of my ex-girlfriend by myself. Well, no, that threatens you because you don't know what what, what I'm doing over here. We handle all other things and people together. Um, and that makes us awesome. That makes us powerful. That makes us two people who can handle anything that comes across the table because the, the essence of a good couple is the amount of load bearing it can take. And make no mistake, as we move through time, there's increasing load bearing. And if we're not really good as a team, the wheels come off. And so, so we have to decide now, where are we pointing? Do we agree on these things of how we're gonna do business with each other? It's not about changing who we are. It's about how we interact. And that is a must because we wanna be able to handle everything quickly without ever going to war if possible. And we want to be able to create things. And we can only do that by really being good at working together, even though we're annoying pain in the ass human beings. That'll never end.
0: I love this. I love this vision. I want to just like capture what you just said and rewind. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think, yeah. And I think it's also
2: important to add that it's a practice. It's It's a a moment to moment practice of us being imperfect people that we are, that are, you know, get into our heads that this is better for just myself. I mean, like I have to remind myself of this on the daily, like that I'm part of a team. It's not just the Kara show, you know, and I, I, I like have a tendency to do that and think that what I, what, how I think things should be done is the better way. And I have to, you know, practice humility and grace towards myself for having that. And then remember, like, yeah, that this is a practice that we fall off of and get back on, you know.
1: And and, and the good news is that's why human beings invented amends and repair. Because, mm-hmm. uh, because we are perfectly imperfect. That's fine as long as we fix it right away.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love that you guys have these, like, practical steps for those amends. They're so beautiful. (laughs) They have a wonderful, dear listener, they have a wonderful do and don't chart, (laughs) including (laughs) do. I'm sorry don't i'm sorry but
1: <laughs> i'm sorry but i'm sorry i'm I'm, so, I'm sorry you feel that way is never yeah
0: yeah i'm sorry you feel that way i've totally said that to my daughter and meant it like i'm sorry you feel that way but instead just say i'm sorry i'm sorry
1: i'm sorry i did that I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if i said that sounds like something i'd say um <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you can never go wrong by leading with, you know what? I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. That was stupid. I should not have done that. I would not have liked it if you did that. Um, you know, um, there's a reason why we repair. And it's and it's beca- literally because uh, people are warlike um, and we're threat animals. And we repair because we're trying to hold unions and alliances together. Mm-hmm. So it's essential. It's essential. It's essential in psychology um, from the very beginning. With mm-hmm. infants, the whole idea of attuning, misattuning is the beginning of repair. I misattune with you, and then I get back on track because I want to get along with you. That's the initial repair, and then later on, it's sorry. I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, daddy. Right? It is. It is the. It is our need to to keep the relationship intact. And and family cultures that do not repair uh, create a lineage of very angry people who make society pay for the sins of their parents, because yeah. it is a huge, huge issue in the justice and fairness area.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: grow up, learn to fall on your own swords, do it for the relationship. Um, uh, and 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 it's, it's, this is a character matter. So one last thing, secure functioning is very simple. It is really hard to do,
3: but yeah. anything
1: worthwhile is hard to do because basically we're lazy creatures and we'll always default to the easiest most most uh, immediate thing that makes us feel better even though it cr- it crashes the relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're wired for survival, not yeah. for thriving. So, so yeah. it it takes our yeah. We're wired to have you know lazy shortcut taking brains, and that's yeah. you know just conserving energy. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it does take work. This. It is worthwhile. I love that. That's important. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a leveling up, like this
0: idea of secure functioning, and that's
2: and that and that's it. across
1: all human beings, no matter where they are on the planet, gender, sex, uh, doesn't matter your history all people are the same in this manner.
0: Yeah. This has been so wonderful to talk to you guys. I wish I had another (laughs) hour to talk to you about (laughs) it and ask all kinds of questions. Um, the, The book Baby Bomb is a relationship survival guide for new parents, but I think it's also for if you already have kids. So I would definitely check it out dear listener. Um, Kara and Stan, thank you so much. You guys are, are uh, gems It's wonderful. Where can people find out more about you and carry on the conversation if they'd like? Um, yeah,
2: thanks for having us. This has been so fun. I feel like I feel so passionately about this because it's been such a game changer for me personally. I, um, and it's, I like thinking, I mean, like not thinking, but practicing doing something different than I was learned or taught or modeled mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. my parents and knowing I'm passing that on to my children. It mm. really means a lot to me when my son and then my daughter to be or when she's here watch me repair, say, yeah. I made a mistake. And like, that's okay in our house. We make mistakes and everyone still belongs. You're accepted making mistakes. And that's mm-hmm. like, I, anyway, I feel really passionately about doing this. Um, but you can find me, um, at Karahoppy.com, um, or on the socials at Karahoppy. And I'm actually collaborating with Stan, um,'s PACT Institute and teaching a course based on, um, our book, but for expecting couples and then parents of all ages, aged children, um, and you can find more information on the PACT Institute about that. The course is called Win Win Parenting Better Partners Make Better
1: Parents. And you can find me at the thepactinstitute.com. That's P A C T. And there you'll find uh, links to uh, all sorts of articles. And if you're a therapist, uh, training in the PACT model. Uh, or if you're a couple coming to our packed retreats, which we do uh, throughout every year um, around the country. And um, and in social media, it's Dr. Stan Tatkin on every social media platform, pretty much.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. It really has been a joy. I really appreciate the work you put into the world. Um and I, I appreciate your time. It was not you, dear listener, it's not easy to get three people who have very different <laughs> schedules together. So it has been a feat to get us together and, and I hope you appreciate it as much as I do. Um so thank you guys so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you,
1: Hunter. It was great.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the mindful mama podcast. I really greatly appreciate your time and your attention. It's so great to connect and and so meaningful that we can connect on these incredibly important issues. Oh my gosh. I feel like I learned so much from this. Listen, if you love this episode, please do me a favor, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at mindful mama mentor. It's so great to hear your ahas. If you have an aha, put it there or let me know and i would love to hear what you're taking away from this because i am taking away a lot and bringing it to my honey so i'm wishing you a great week thank you so much for being here i hope you have some peace some ease all that good stuff i hope you are able to be present for all the people in your life you love and i hope that this has helped water the seeds for that for you thank you thank you so much for listening have a great week namaste